What the hell is the name of this thing? Is this Wayne's World? The award-winning Evan Grant. I can't even count anymore on my fingers and toes. Kevin Sherrington. Kevin Sherrington, crown number one. Mary Horn. He tried to get me in mid-chew. Hello, everybody, and welcome into Ballsy, America's worst named podcast, but also oh, the podcast of the SportsDayDFW.com podcast and the podcast of the Dallas Morning News. I am Evan Grant. I don't know why we go through these introductions every week after we're introduced on the intro, but whatever. I'm Evan Grant. You are Kevin Sherrington. That's true. Um, you may be Barry Horn. Today, I might be, yeah. And uh, our Rangers special guest this week is pitching coach Doug Brocale, who's back from Chicago with the rest of the club. Doug, thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me. I don't know if I I, I don't know if that sounded completely and totally uh, genuine. There, are you really happy well, to be yeah. with us this morning? Oh, I'm happy to be with you. Just you know, we're coming off of a tough road trip and got things running through my head, and can't wait to get to the yard and. Start my day at work. Um, I got things running through my head too, but you don't want to know what those thoughts are. They're always very disturbing. Um, let's get into a couple of things. A couple of things here. Uh, Cole Hamels is not going to start on Monday, uh, as you guys announced yesterday. He's got a little bit of a groin issue. Um, I, I go back and I look at what happened last year before you got back here. And that is that he he missed one start with a groin issue and came back and has not lost since. So, uh, I I guess you guys would trade off that if this guy needed to miss one start every fifteen and kind of put together the performance that he has in between. That's that's the maintenance that that is necessary with this kind of pitcher. Yeah, you know it, it, it's happened before. He he when he came to us and says, "Listen, what, why don't we check it out?" And I. No, my thoughts were don't throw a bullpen. If, it, if that's the problem, let's see how it feels. And it just didn't feel right, and I was good with him missing a start. You know, he's done this thing before. So, you know, looking at looking at his history, this guy knows his body very, very well. He, he has an unreal routine that uh, a lot of pitchers can't follow. I mean, this guy, he really is in tune with his body. So when he came up and said, "I need, I need a day," I'm gonna give it. I think the the one thing I have really feel, felt like I've I've kind of discovered with Cole is you, you mentioned how in tune he is with his body. I just think this guy is a real. I hate to use this trite phrase, but I think he is a real student of everything that goes along with pitching. To talk with him about how he's evolved as a pitcher and the things he learned from Halliday and Moyer uh, in Philadelphia. Uh, and that we're seeing him do now, uh, when we talk about the routine that he puts in and how diligent he is with that, and, and as you say, you know, he knows his body well enough that hey, he's been here, and let's let's get this thing taken care of before it becomes an issue. Uh, is there a comp for you in terms of of what this guy, how this guy approaches the game? Workouts to the way he reads scouting reports to how he, you know, sits down and talks to the pitchers during the game and and just the way that he carries himself as a leader. Um, he, he knows what he's doing. He's he's had some good teachers. He's been a great student. 
and you know you sit on his scouting report and <laughs> everything everything that he says because he pretty much goes over it mm-hmm. i mean you look at the paper and you're like okay well he didn't miss anything all right let's let's go and he's proactive on that stuff too isn't he extremely yeah extremely proactive you know and that's <laughs> it's nice because i i think the younger guys watching him from last year uh carried over this year guys are starting to speak up more they just don't have me go over it. They have their own idea of how they want to attack. <laughs> you know, if, if I see something different, obviously I speak up. If Brad sees something different, obviously he speaks up. But these guys, you know, other than failing with some execution, they they have these hitters down pretty well. Doug, what do you see uh, going uh, to yesterday's start for Derek Holland? What do you see uh, the progress in him? You know, because the book on Derek has been pretty much all along some really uh, great potential. Uh, have a, a really good run. He'll be really consistent for a while, and then it, and then he goes backwards again, and then it takes that one step forward, two steps back type of thing. Here, are you seeing progress from him from start to start this season? Oh, absolutely. You know, I sit back as a pitching coach, and you go. Damn, I, I just wish that he wouldn't give up that second and third run. Well, you know, when when you're trying not to give up that second and third run, sometimes it happens. Um, we knew yesterday we were struggling to score, and everybody knows that. It, it you feel it in the dugout, you feel it on the field, and I, I think sometimes that when he gets in a jam, okay, I can't let this next guy instead of just making the pitch and executing it. I think what happens is sometimes he just excuse me, gets in a gets in a rush and you know, when we do that, pitches get elevated. Um but, you know, I look at Derek's start yesterday as as a as a good start. He he gave us a chance to win and you know, we we can't rely on our guys going out every time and just throwing up one run or, or throwing a shutout. We're gonna have to score and you know, it's not that's not banging on our, our on our offense. Our offense has been fine. <laughs> but as far as on the pitching side, we just need to execute the pitches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I you know yesterday he was yesterday he was fourteen first pitch strikes to twenty five hitters, which uh, at least that's what I had, and and that seemed like uh, a little bit above what his percentage had been for the season. The 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 thing I did notice was that on Frazier, the home run that he gave up to Frazier. That was a situation where he got himself behind in the count, and then the double that really set up the fifth inning. Uh, that was, I, I think, when you just mentioned, you know, he's just walked a guy, he leaves first pitch. I, I think that was supposed to be a sinker, first pitch sinker right up in the middle of the zone, that kind of elevation issue that you're talking about there. Yeah, and that, you know, basically all that comes down to his execution, <laughs> and that's something he's really been working on. You know, we, we know Derek can pitch in well with righties. Well, sometimes what happens is um, instead of getting out in front of his face, he, he crosses that face, and what it does is even though the ball starts at sink, the, the pitch gets pulled, and when that happens, uh, it just doesn't get to our intended location. Doug, was the, bull- yes. was the bullpen overhyped coming into the season? <laughs> is the bullpen what? Was the bullpen overhyped coming into the season? No, I don't believe so. I mean, go back, go back and look what they've done in the past, what they did last year. Um, look at the guys that we picked up, what they've done in the past, and what they did last year. Um, I just, 
think that we had a very good spring and guys are starting to settle into roles and <clears throat> you know when when we have close games we're going to use you know three or four guys and I think what happened was and and I'll take some of the blame for this you know you let guys set for extended period of time and they they're not as fresh and they get out there and they're they're searching for for a release point and location and <laughs> and right now uh, the, the key for me is to make sure that that doesn't happen the rest of the season. We start you know, spreading guys out and, and making sure that they stay fresh. So I'll take the blame on that one. Well, I, I, is there – so, listen, you having been a reliever know the impact of workload. Uh, I think when you came in here, you know, you looked down at the stat sheet from last year looked at workload, and and I think that one thing that you went to uh, address early in in spring training and in in the season was the idea of workload. And I don't know that there's necessarily a quote-unquote blame to assess there as so much as there is that if you've got to try and protect those guys, knowing that you're going to have to use them a lot late in the season, do you have to meter out some of that uh, some of that workload early in the season, do some fact-finding with guys like Will Helmson and you did with Faulkner uh, to find out which guys are going to be reliable. Is it just a question of getting these guys into a routine that will fix this bullpen? Uh, probably, yeah. You know, and, and that's that's why I say it's, it's, it's probably better for me to sit down and, and talk to uh, talk to Brad and talk to Banny to find out, you know, we search for those guys. Um, you know, we're starting to see some things that we like, and hopefully we can go to those guys so that we can we can spread out that rear end of that bullpen. You know, <clears throat> if we have a chance to win seven games in a row, yeah, there's no chance I can throw Dyson, Deakman, and, and Tolly seven days upon right. seven days. It's That's crazy. So, you know, we just have to mix the guys in to where – <laughs> they're comfortable and try to keep their workload down as well as, as mixing them in to, to give the other guys breaks. Doug, I wanted to ask you about uh, a pitch selection when you're, when you're facing certain hitters, you know, in the past when uh, y'all, uh, the, when the Rangers had, had uh, faced Brett Lowry, he really struggled with breaking stuff. Uh, and, and I wonder if some, you know, do y'all see something different year to year in and in, uh, in what the guy has do, done in his other at bats that, that makes it, the approach different in the in the next year or or is it just that just a natural evolution of, of things to, to maybe take a different approach with a hitter? Well, you know we have we have a scouting department that does a phenomenal job, and then obviously <laughs> the two pitching guys we look at we look at the information. He's spin weak, and we didn't use spin against the spin weak hitter. We challenged them a lot with fastballs, and we paid for it. And um, you know, we know this guy's an ambush guy. We know he likes swinging first pitch with uh, runners in scoring position, and we didn't soft spin him. We we ended up going after him with a fastball, and ended up giving up the the ground ball up the middle, which uh, added added to the the tally. But uh, you know, we have the information just. Um, at times, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is at times I wish I could pitch more. <laughs> <laughs> so you, have to, you have to just, 
go out there and and it's it's a daily battle you know um it's funny and i i said this i've said this every year that i've been coaching i can set in on a meeting from day one you can remember everything you wrote down everything you said in the meeting you walk out of there i'll retain it all the way through 182 days the pitchers won't right <laughs> you know, you know the- so <laughs> you just have to hope that on that day, their fastball has a chance if they're going to use a, a fastball in an ambush count that's at the right location and it's got the right movement. And <laughs> excuse me, and you don't get beat by it. So, you know this this brings up an interesting point for me, and something I kind of thought about in in the car this morning with with Hamels missing this next start, and you guys will be able to drop him back into the rotation, uh, kind of wherever you you feel is best. Would there be any benefit in, in your mind to having Hamill's pitch directly in front of Holland, or is is there too much similarity between their stuff? I just think that the way that that Cole has evolved and become such a balanced uh, pitch mix guy that Derek could learn something from watching that the day before he goes out. You know, I don't know. Um... That being said, I'm not afraid to have five left-handed starters either. Right. Um, there, there might be something there, especially against left-handed hitting weak teams, to where you could match up, you know, two lefties and a righty versus. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but uh, you know, we ha- we have numbers on that. Um, I'm sure. I'm sure that somebody come up and, and tell me if that would work or if they think it would work. I would be uh, I'd be interested in the information. Isn't Evan's word good enough for you? Evan thinks it'll work. No, I don't know that it'll work. I just <laughs> I just wonder if Cole to me is such a great teaching tool for some of your pitchers. I wonder if you know, and I, I, I does. On, on the days before guys pitch it, in the major leagues with this team, do they chart? No, I, I chart. You and chart. The reason being is, here, here's why. The reason being is you're looking down, you miss a pitch, you, you're trying to fill stuff in. and I, We tried it early, uh-huh. and I noticed the guys you know, erasing stuff and, and missing some stuff. And This way they can talk about it amongst each other versus – sitting there and looking at a piece of paper, looking up, looking at a piece of paper. I want them to see everything that's going on in the game. Right. I want to see the attitude after a strikeout. I want to see, you know, their attitude after a hit. Um, basically, I, I want them to recognize who's got the swagger, who doesn't. You, you can't do that when, when you're looking at a piece of paper. And, and, I, and Doug, I would say that uh, when I look down there, I, I would think that that Derek Holland gets more out of sitting next to Cole Hamels in a game and, and just saying, hey, on this, when he did that, you know, and, and, and he's observing another pitcher, I would think he gets more out of that uh, interaction than he does maybe just uh, just watching. I mean, I know he gets a lot out of watching Cole pitch as well, but I, the, the, to be able to just to have that interaction, and as you said, not to be, have to be sitting there and writing something down, but to talking to the guy next to him, I think that's invaluable. It, totally. Totally invaluable. And the nice thing is, is those those guys when you when you look in and you pan in for the camera. Uh, I don't know how many times I've seen it. I've seen it quite a few times. 
they're sitting there on the bench, and usually there's three or four of them all sitting there, and you can tell that the conversations are going on, and and it's nice because it makes our job easier. Hey, we um, <laughs> we're 15 minutes in here, and we haven't brought up you, Darvish. So I, I think that it, this bears some explanation because when you guys announced the other day that he would do another live batting practice rather than go out on rehab on, on Tuesday. I think the initial reaction from from a lot of, of observers would be, uh, is there something wrong? Is the rehab not going as good as it could? And, and I think that what you're seeing with you is, and I mean this in only the most complimentary sense of the, the word, you're seeing a guy who is a perfectionist. He does not want to go out exactly. there. Exactly. Yeah. You know, as soon as you brought that up, I was going to say, he's either going to have to go to the word perfectionist or I am. <laughs> um, and, and that's not a bad thing. You know, we're talking about a guy that probably spins the ball better than anybody in the game. Um, <clears throat> I, I think he was very upset with the quality of his off-speed pitches in his mind. He, you know, <laughs> that being said, I don't want him to think that, that this is about him finding all this stuff for 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 us you know the coaches and probably the training stuff it's an important step for him to get out and him to get the adrenaline to see how he rebounds it's like cole hamels you know when cole comes back the most important day isn't the day he pitches it's the day after he pitches how does he feel how did he rebound how you know how's his how does he feel about going forward into the next outing that's where I, my day gets long, is waiting for that answer. Right. Um, he's fine. He looks good. He feels good. Um, I don't see him, I don't see him changing the plan from here on out. I mean, he's going to throw another Fort 60. It's no big deal. <laughs> it doesn't change the timeline. Um, you know, we, we have 30 days. So whether we get him back after 18, 22, or all 30, we just we just want to make sure that he's ready to go and he's healthy. Um, all right, so whether it's, whether it's the 16th, the 21st, the 27th, the, the Darvish comes back in May, the, the question that I still have on, on this is, I know how good that slider is, and I know how much he likes using the other pitches, and and that he also is a guy who does like to strike guys out. But given that you guys will, I assume, have some pitch limits on him, is the fastball not the bigger um, use of the fastball the bigger uh, issue that needs to be addressed going forward? Yeah, there, there's two ways to look at it. We can go to you and and <clears throat> kind of make him upset and say, "Hey, listen, we're going to limit the number of breaking balls you throw. You're going to have to use your fastball more." I didn't take that approach. My approach is, listen, when you throw your fastball, throw it for strikes and throw it for outs. Mm-hmm. You know, use it, <laughs> use it early, use it often, but most of all. He has a great thinker. 
use your sinker to get the first pitch rollover. Right. You know, I, I know he digs the strikeouts. Um, we all did. There's not a guy out there that doesn't want to strike somebody out. Thing is, is if he wants to go deep into a ball game, he's going to have to utilize his fastball where it's going to help him out the best. So, how will uh, how will pitch limits work with him early on? Pardon me. How how will you guys kind of employ pitch limits early on? I, I assume that when he gets back, he'd be able to give you at least eighty pitches in a in a start. Well, he, he's scheduled for a, a six at 90. Now, that six at 90 could be in the big leagues or it could be, you know, down on the farm. Right. thing is, is it's how he gets to that 90. Does he do, does he do it with, with ease? Is there a lot of stress in, you know, multiple innings, back-to-back innings? <laughs> That's what you have to watch out for. Not so much the pitch limit is what kind of stress he's in while he's throwing those pitches. Um, and that goes for the three at 45, the, you know, the five at, at 75 and the four at 60. Is there a lot of stress in those innings? Are they multiple back to back 25 plus pitches? Eh, if they are, you know, try to get them out of there a little earlier, right. but, uh, you know, you knows his body very well. So he'll, he'll have to be part of that. So. All right. Well, I don't know how we're going to do it. <laughs> be honest with you. Uh, well, I, I watch how it goes. Yeah, I, and I do think that you know, I think this was a good. I think what happened in in the last week was also a a good give and take in that you know he will speak up when he feels like he still has something to address or or if there's something he's not happy with. And, and, and I think that that's all you can ask for from a pitcher, whether it's on pitch counts or pitch limits or, or his stuff. You need that guy to be honest with you. No, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's, I, and I thank Cole. The other day I walked up and I said, hey, I appreciate the honesty. Right. And they kind of looked at me like, what? Uh, you know, pitchers are absolute liars. When it comes when it comes to health, no, I'm good. No, I'm good. No, I'm good. Yeah, whatever. Yeah, I think you did that a couple of times in your career. Uh, I had a problem saying no when the phone rang. Right, right. You know, so <laughs> and honestly, I don't want any of my guys like me. Be honest. Be upfront. If if you need some help, let's get you some help. If you know, if you're aching, I'd like to know. Cutting back on an inning, you know, can help here and there. Uh, so, All can, right. you I <clears throat> can you tell I haven't used my inhaler yet this morning? I'm kind of weaving the. <laughs> Sorry. Well, it's it's okay. We I I I feel like we're 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 making we're, you choke up a little bit. We're intruding it. I think. <laughs> I think we should we should let Doug go. We're gonna let him go, Doug. I will see you at the ballpark this afternoon. Thanks so much for the time. Um, <laughs> This has been great stuff on the pitching staff. I really appreciate it. Thanks, Doug. All right. Thanks, Kev. Thanks, Evan. Take care. Um, Bye. All right. So, Kevin. He's coughing as he went out the door. He is. He's Evan, bless Evan, his heart. Evan, I got a new, you're he, like the marquee decide. You, you, just, you just wanted to hear him cough. He's, uh, Did you ever think of maybe like saying, Doug, take a rest? <laughs> 
I've thought about saying Barry. <laughs> Take a rest. Give it a rest. Oh, my gosh. Um, wh- wh- what's your biggest concern with the pitching staff right now? Uh, I don't know that I have as – I, I got to tell you, I think the rotation's been pretty good. Rotation's I mean, been better than advertised. Yeah, absolutely. Point. So, the rotation – and, you know, the, the thing on the bullpen, everybody knows how that is. You put a bullpen together year to year, and, you know, and there are certain guys you can count on, but not not everybody across the board. And I think we probably – when Barry asked the question, has it been overhyped, it probably was. But here's the thing. They had Keone Keller went out, and now he's out for six weeks, right? Twelve. Or Twelve weeks, whatever. Yeah, it's unbelievable. He's out forever. Uh, and you had Andrew Faulkner just go in the tank right away. You had Tom Wilhelmson go in the tank right away. And yet it's still got a lot of good pieces left out there in the bullpen. Right. Yeah, and I, I mean, if you take out you, you take out the fact that Faulkner, Wilhelmson, and, and Keller, and really Keller's struggle was the fact that he gave up if effectiveness wise, right. it was the, it was two extra home runs that he gave up. If you look at all his peripherals across the board, his numbers are exactly where they were last April. Right. His velocity was actually up a little bit from last April, but he's feeling the pain from that bone spur. I've had a I've had several people ask me, well, why didn't he have the bone spur removed last last fall? And and I just think we need to address that in in. First of all, from a medical standpoint, you don't want to just slice and dice these guys at every opportunity. No. Um, especially when you're talking about the elbow, even though this is a relatively minor procedure where the elbow is concerned. Secondly, he had an injection. And, and with a bone spur, what you get is you get some inflammation in the muscle around the bone spur. Uh, that injection helped reduce that inflammation. He went out and pitched very effectively in September and, and into the playoffs and responded well. And for a lot of guys, that you get over that inflammation and it doesn't recur for a year or two years. Well, it's recurred. And the second time around, you say, okay, what do you want to do? And if he had wanted to just kind of rest it, I think he, they would have. Yeah. Uh, but but Kella said, I, I want to get back to being 100%. I want to not worry about this. I want to not have to baby my arm. So um, that's why they're going forward with the procedure now. And again, you know, you hope that, if you've got you look you look down the road now, you might have a very fresh Keone Kella for the second half. You may have Matt Bush lurking there for the second half. You may have Luke Jackson lurking there for the second half. And that's not even counting in the fact that maybe after two years after this elbow issue, Tanner Shepherds may be back to being an effective pitcher. And if you've got if you've got all of those weapons to choose from in July and August, you can use these guys a little bit more now knowing that you've got some reinforcements coming. That's not a definite thing, though. Evan. No, it's not a definite not, thing. So knowing you have reinforcements or th- hoping you have reinforcements is two different things. Correct. But, but the, the point is, is though, is is that even with these guys leaving and having uh, having a poor start, these particular guys, that you still have other good parts in the bullpen. And I think when the season started last year and everything went sour with the bullpen, there were no replacements. Right. There was nothing right. there. And so it, it they, was, you had to go out and externally rebuild that bullpen yes. with three pieces. What is what it is now, you're waiting for guys to get healthy and guys to get themselves, you know, figured out here. And whatever that is with Will Helmson, is he tipping pitches? Is it scouting I, reports? Is it location? Whatever it is, I, I'm I'm I I have confidence that they'll figure that out with him. I'm not you know, I and I've talked to a couple of guys about this. I I don't I think tipping pitches is more often an excuse than anything else. Yeah. Um, especially with a reliever. You know, the guys out there, you're not going to have a whole lot of time to, to figure out patterns. Secondly, uh, there's very few hitters 
who have the ability to like focus in on the glove or focus in on the hand position and still get themselves in a position to hit. But they, so, but they can say this guy likes to get a first pitch fastball over. Right, and that's it, a tendency much yeah, more than a, than, than, tipping. than a tipping. Yes, and I think that's that's the issue for me, and that's why I brought that up about the Brett Lowry. Thing. Well, I think that was the issue in the Seattle game for sure. This is a team that knew him and knew yes. he loved to throw. Oh, first absolutely, pitch absolutely. But that was that was the thing, and the and I thought that was very telling when he said that about Brett Lowry. In the last year, you, you throw Brett Lowry a curveball, and, and there's no way in the world he's going to hit it. Why would you throw him anything else? Yeah, I, I and that's I, I, for me. This is why I would have some value in Derek Holland pitching behind Hamels because I do think there is something to be learned from that one start that he's ahead of you against the same team. You watch how he works. Cole's last start uh, against uh, Houston, he threw five different – if you count the two different kinds of fastballs, he threw five different pitches, all of them at least 17 times. Uh It's the third time in his career. He's made 300-plus starts. Third time in his career he's done that. All three times have been in the last six months or eight months. He, he and that's did, very Darvish-like as well. Yes. He did one with uh, with Philadelphia last July in a shutout effort against the Braves. Did it on opening day this year and again against against the Astros. And and the pitch mix is great. And you, you look at that start on Monday, and I would have loved to get into this with, with Brocale some more too, but I didn't want him to cough to death either. <laughs> the the first inning, he had no command of his fastball. Right. Zero command of his fastball. He got up there against Carlos Correa, got behind Carlos Correa with two guys on base, went to the changeup and worked the changeup and got a strikeout, a big strikeout of Correa with that changeup. And when I talked to him afterwards, he said that the changeup is a pitch that he can use to kind of use as a checkpoint to slow himself down and slow his arm down with the fastball. And he was able to work it back in a little bit more. You have to have all those weapons. I don't know right now that Derek Holland has much more than the fastball that he throws inside to right-handers and the curveball. And right now the fastball's not an overpowering pitch anymore. No, see, he's lost, he's lost velocity. He's not the, he doesn't throw as hard as he used to. He doesn't like to throw the curveball. He gets mad when they tell him to do that. And, and I, no, I think he likes throwing the curveball. I don't think he likes throwing the changeup. Well, maybe much. it's the changeup. But see, that's, that's, of course, that's what separates the great pitchers from the, from the average pitchers, let's face it. And that's why, that's why he was what? What was Derek, a 23rd-round pick? So, uh, Well, he was a 20th-round pick, but uh, that, that's a long story because it was a draft-and-follow kind of situation, and if he had you know, gone back into the draft the next year, he would have been a higher pick. But, yes, what you're saying is he's always been a project. Yes. He's, a, he's approaching his 30th birthday. Right. And he's got a guy who you know, learned from – two of the most well-prepared pitchers in, in the last 25 years, and I think that there's something he can learn from watching Cole Hamels and from engaging Cole Hamels. I think there, there are some people who never learn, too. Well, that's, that, that's, that's correct, true. and I think that's the issue with him, and I can, that's why, listen, on the look, Derek's a great, great guy. You know, he's fun to talk to. He's, he's great in the clubhouse and all that, and, and of course, the, the thing about he's him— He's fun to talk to, and I, we, have to, we have to make sure we say this, okay? This is a guy with an extremely warm heart and an extremely oh, caring absolutely. heart. Oh, absolutely. He's absolutely. done more in terms of, of helping kids and sick kids in this community than a lot of athletes and, a- abs- and Absolutely. Have. So here, here, but here's the issue, and I think this is why people— This is strictly a performance issue. Yeah, well, but here's why people always say, oh, he's not serious enough about this stuff, is that when these lessons don't sink in— when you when you are 29 years old and you're a bright guy, he's not a dumb guy. So and you're not getting it. You're you know you're you're not seeing things. It's like he kind of he's the kind of guy it seems to me who who locks in on something. I can't do this. I don't want to do it. And 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 he's not willing 
to, to experiment a little bit. And I think some of that is is obviously feel. If you don't have a feel for a pitch and, and you, you you don't want to be trying things out in a game. I mean, because let's let, face it, that's what Darvish and Hamels do. I mean, they get in the game. How many times have you seen Darvish Well, they have the confidence to go to those other pitches. Yes, and they'll it's, oh, this isn't working. I'm going to this now. Right. It's in the first inning, and, he, and, he's changing up things. It's and, unbelievable. And so that's, I don't know if it's that he doesn't want to go to other things as much as I think he may have some degree of stubbornness with that fastball. And we get racked back into the very thin line that pitchers have to walk, which is, you know, yeah, you have to be able to command your fastball. Yes. That's the number one thing you have to be able to do. And he's trying to command that fastball, trying to believe in that fastball. But you also have to have something that when you know you don't have that best fastball or when you can't make the adjustment quickly that you can turn to. And I don't know that he's got that that adjustment pitch right now that allows him to get right back into something. Yeah. Um, and, and then I think what, what – and Doug brought this up as well when he talked about the fact that he's, I, I would have liked to have seen him not give up that second and third run. And even though he gave up just three runs, and that's and that's a that's re- perfectly acceptable performance. Yes, yeah. absolutely. But it was the way he gave up the second and third. It, it, it is elevating a fastball to Lowry. You know, the last guy you'd want to do that with, It's I'm watching the Astros and the Red Sox yesterday, and it's like Craig Kimbrell comes up here, and, he, and he's, he's and I don't care if he throws 97-98. Colby Rasmus comes up. He's very hot, but he is a he is a golfer with a baseball bat. He he wants to hit a low fastball. That's that's what he wants. You throw him that, he will hit it 500 feet. But if you throw him something that is waist or up, he struggles with that. And that is the reason why he has not ever been the player he was supposed to be. You know, when the when the Cardinals drafted him, he was supposed to be this tremendous prospect. And then they gave him up to Toronto. He's he's he wandered around his career. Well, and, and the, Kimbrell throws him that in the ninth inning, hits a two-run home run, and ties up the game. You know, and, and you just feel like the uh, same thing with Brett Lowry. When, when you got these guys, they're kind of, to me, one-dimensional hitters, guys who are, are mistake hitters, you don't make that mistake with them. If, right. Not if you're a pitcher like Darren Collin is supposed to be. Yep. And so that, that, that's why he, 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 you can't make a mistake like that in that situation, and he is still making those kinds of mistakes. Evan, you're packing up. Well, yes, I'm, I'm going to have to get out to the ballpark here early today. But um, I, I, I think the Holland situation is a fascinating – it's a fascinating kind of – discussion um I'd, I'd love to have i'd love to have derek on here to talk about that stuff i don't i don't know how much he would address it but but he is he's, he's been really at a crossroads for the last three years some of that has been postponed a little bit because of the injuries but he's healthy now this year and the fastball isn't quite what it was it's not going to be as effective when he can't command it to the inside part of the plate if he's throwing the fastball off the plate and in and on these hitters, he's not intimidating anybody. No. And they're just going to take it for ball one and then put him in a count where he's got to move that pitch back out of the plate. And then they're just going to look, you know, outer third and go, you know, drive the ball to right field. To right field. Let me ask you this about him because this came up uh, earlier in the year, too. Derek Collins, is, is he 29 or almost 29? Uh, I think he is 29. I think that's I think correct. he is 29. So do you. If he's not hurt this year, he has a full season, and let's say it's it's not what you want it to be, you know, or whatever that is. I mean, if he, let's say he throws 180 innings, but he's, you know, in the low fours, you know, ERA, whatever. Uh, do you at any point give up on Derek Collins? The contract is so user-friendly 
that it's hard. But if you and, and if this club had, if this club still had Jake Thompson and Jared Eikhoff and they had guys pushing for the big leagues, that would be one thing. Right now, you're still looking at the majority of your starters um, at least more than more than a year away. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't give up on him. To me, it's just what you said is that you're not counting on him to be a two or even really a three at this point. At this point, his ground, I think he's become a four. Well, I think at one point in time, there was hope that Derek Holland had the stuff to be a number two. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I think now in, he has the stuff in a championship rotation to be a number three. I think he is pitching like a number four. Yeah, and, I do too. And, and that's it, and for the money and for what you and what your alternatives are, I don't have any problem with that. Uh, yeah, in, unless you just get to a point where you're just frustrated, where you're just frustrated. Well, I mean, it, it, to me, he's like a, he's like Mitch Moreland, and you know, Mitch is a streak hitter. It, it, he goes through streaks where he, he, he's really good. At the end of the year, his numbers are pretty good. You know, they were last year anyway. Right. Uh, but I, I, when I see Mitch Moore to come up, if he's not in a, in a hot streak, I have no confidence whatsoever in him getting a hit uh, uh, that means anything. Kevin, we have, we've, we've talked for 40-plus 40, 40 minutes. We have not even addressed the triple play. Um, <laughs> the triple play. Did you watch the triple yeah, play? Yeah, that's, that's a little frustrating, um, isn't it? And I, love what, I love what Beltre said because here's the thing on, on Prince Fielder. What in the world are you doing? You're on third base. If he catches it, if he doesn't catch it, you're going to score. score. Prince, you know, and Prince, Prince used every possible adjective—not uh, adjective, every possible version of uh, the f bomb of the f bomb to describe what he did, and he, he did. I mean, there just there wasn't any any doubt about it. But after that, the play still got very screwed up because. Uh. Desmond had a chance to get back to first. I don't know why Desmond didn't go back in head first into first or or slide. Then he overruns the base. Always slide in the bag when there's a tag situation. Right. And and then Beltre felt like, okay, if if, if Fielder hadn't tagged up by that point in time, then certainly when all the dancing was going on at first base, that he had He's got to advance. He's got to go. And and so – then he takes off, and it was – this is three veteran players who all play the game pretty well and, and are, are pretty um, pretty intuitive, and they all screwed up. And it, I, it, to me, it was the kind of moment that you just – it was the start of a bad weekend, but it is the kind of moment where you just have to kind of shrug your shoulders and say – Crazy stuff happens. Uh, you know, I did not like Ian Desmond's reply, though, to you, uh, where he said, uh, it's not the first time I made a base running mistake like that. It won't be the last time. It's like, I'm hoping you won't make a, a, a play, a decision, and it results in a triple play. No, I think he was just being candid. I I, I, I did not think it was defensive in any way. Um, I, I thought he was just being candid that, look, you know, there's going to be times when guys make mistakes, and I made a mistake tonight. Um, oh no! I, I think he's a really stand-up guy, and I and I and I say this about him too. I think he's coming around. I, I think he's he's starting to play a little better now. Uh, it, it he would all, have to. All the way around. He would have to. Well, he would have to. Better. But I I, mean, I t- I'm seeing. Remember when we talked last week, and and we talked about his swing, and to me, which it still looks like to me, he pulls off on his swing a little bit. Well, Jeff Bannister said yesterday um, that yesterday being Sunday that he's made some degree of an adjustment with his head, and I didn't get a chance to really talk to Ian. But he's he's able now to keep his head a little bit more steady, and he's adjusting his yeah. head uh, before it bats to give him the opportunity to get a better view of the right. pitch. Yeah. Because he's got a better view of the pitch, he's able to watch it a little longer. 
able to know whether or not he wants to put a swing on it and doesn't have to rush. And so I think the swing's always going to be a little bit violent, but I think it hasn't been quite as violent. Yeah. The five walks this week or, or, or this past week were a significant step up. Um, I was, I was um, the slider. Look, Carlos Rodon has a great slider. Uh, Ian Desmond hit a home run off of Carlos Rodon on a slider. I don't know how how good a quality pitch he threw at that point, but that was the first hit he's had this year against a slider, and that's got to build some confidence for him too that this pitch that's been such a problem for him, he can now maybe recognize a little bit better. Uh, it, it was a very encouraging week where Ian Desmond was concerned. And and the base running issue, like I say, I, I just go back to that and, and I see three veteran guys – who just got caught up in in a tumultuous moment, and you just kind of have to. Unf- Twenty four hours later, you have to be able to laugh that off. And did 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 Elvis sit on the bench and stare at? at, at no, but guys? I asked Adrian. I said, if you were on the yeah, bench, yeah, yeah, what would be your response to you when you got back? And he said, Oh, I would have been going crazy. Um, Let me ask you this about. But it wasn't a question of Adrian not running hard. He ran hard. He just ran too hard. Right. Let me ask you this now because we've asked this question before and it, it, it still has to be asked, I think. And Bazzara hit another home run uh, over the weekend. Uh, and he is still hitting, what, 326, something like that? He's, he's starting to. He, his strikeouts are starting to rack up a little bit more than they were earlier. Uh, and, and which you know that's he hit another home run. He had some more good at bats. He's going to strike out. Yeah, um, but not a lot. He he covers a lot of plate. He also made a great catch in right field yes, to, to extend the game. Yes, he and did. yeah, I I know where you're getting. Listen, I think that we're still a month away from Chu being back. Right. Um, and three weeks from Josh being back if he comes back, and 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 there's a lot of different ways they could go with this. But Mazzara is playing his way into. The Rangers having to, to think about this. Yeah. Um, think seriously about it. And, you know, Desmond has heated up some. So right. now it's not so much, do you, what do you do with Desmond? The Shields is struggling a little bit yeah. at, at the plate. What do you do with the Shields, who also has a weak arm in center field? Yes, he does. But if you take the Shields out of the lineup, then what do you do in the leadoff spot? Go, what would know, they do in the leadoff spot? Well, I, I think Odor is their Odor. number one option, but if you go Odor, then you're looking at potentially against left-handers Odor Chu at the top right. of the order, and so you'd probably have to do some kind of split situation where you might have a right-hander in in the leadoff spot. Um, yeah, that's the one problem for me with having Mazzara because he's a, you're adding a lefty to the mix and you're taking a righty out of the mix if you take the shields out. Right. So the, Either, if you take the shields or Desmond out, you're, yes. you're taking a righty. Uh, so that that is a little bit of a problem for me. But uh, what I will say is this: they will. I don't see a situation where they would platoon Mazzara. He's going. Right. Oh, if no. He's, no, no, no. He, he's got to play. He's, he's going. To, if he's up here, he's going to play regularly. I I could see a situation where. You know, you don't know what's going to happen with these guys. You don't know how, what their health is going to be. And, and frankly, for that matter, uh, you, you, let me ask you this question. And, and I don't, I'm not trying to, to get the kid out of his position here. Could Mazzara play first base? Uh, I don't think that that's. I don't think that's on the table right now. I don't think they'd want to. I don't. I, I don't think they view him as a as a first baseman. They view. Guzman as a first baseman. They view Gallo as a potential first baseman. I don't think they view Nomar Mazzara as an outfielder, and I think that that he's up here to play the outfield. If they got desperate, would they consider it? Maybe. I don't think this is a team that's in, in necessarily in 
in need of desperation right no, now. No, I don't think it is either. And, and I think when Chu does come back, you do have the ability to say, okay, look, we're going to give everybody a chance up here to see if we can all get going here. You're the guy with options left. We're going to send you down for a couple of weeks. That's what I think. I, I think ultimately that's what happens. If Desmond keeps hitting like he is, if if, if DeShields comes back around and plays well, I but, think they will send Mazzara down. But I will, I will say this. Now that DeShields' rule five years over, he does have minor league options, so they could option him to the minors if, if they decided to. And I tell you what, I've seen enough of Desmond playing the outfield that I think he's okay in center. I don't think he's great, but I don't think, but I don't think the Shields is great either. Certainly because of his arm is is a minus. Guys are just running on him left and right. Uh, I I think I think Desmond has has been more than adequate given where he came from. Yes, I think he's made some mistakes out there. I think he's going to continue to make some mistakes. I think if you expect him to be a Gold Glove outfielder, uh, you're 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 way off. But the you mark. don't have that anyway. He's 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 an infielder playing outfield. So you don't have it with the Shields anyway. So. No, no, Barry. I think it's time to go, Evan. Uh, it is time to go. I've got I've got to go make some network TV. Oh, oh well, gloves. That's pardon us. Issue are you gonna get? Are you, are you gonna put makeup on for that as well? As I didn't you do every every morning. I, I just because I came in here with makeup doesn't mean that <laughs> it's only for TV. Do you make up to break up? Oh my God! Hey, Evan, tell us. <laughs> what, by the way, what other podcasts do we have going? This oh week? yes, we also have two other podcasts. We had Mike Heike on hockey. Uh, and we did not really get into horniness this week. Um, and you did, and you didn't do an imitation of your mom this week. I didn't either. do an imitation of my mom. And we had David Moore, who really isn't a guest anymore. He's pretty much a yeah. co-host. No, he still has to bring cake when he comes. Um, let, let me ask you this: Has your mom heard you do your mom? My mom? No. Fortunately, my mom is not. She's not she into subscri- the podcasting generation. <laughs> she doesn't subscribe. No. No. I think we should I have your mom on here. I, think we should I, have your I mom. don't know what I'm supposed to <laughs> do with all the buttons. What I, do I do? I think your mom and all the other seniors living where she lives, we that could put us over the top. Yeah, that's our market right there. We're definitely trying to hit the 89-year-old <laughs> hey, gra- think, demographic. Think, think, think of all the advertising possi- commercial possibilities yeah, that were written. Uh, hey, we're, hey, we're closer in age to Evan's mom than we are to the... Uh, Millennial the right demographic is that right? Yes. Okay. That's. I, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with the buttons. <laughs> I think we should have buttons? Evan's mom in the studio with Evan. I want her here. Have them both do it. Have, have Evan do that. Evan, I will go pick her up next week and bring her in. Barry, if you picked her up, it would be like two bubbies in a car. <laughs> that we 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 could have two, a TV show. Two grandmas in a car. Bye, bubby. Oh man! What is it? Comedians <laughs> driving? What is what is? Uh, uh, whatever that is. Two yeah. grandmas getting baby. What does Jerry bub- Seinfeld do? In a Comedians cup. in the car. We could be yeah. bubbies in the car. That's right. I I, I don't think I, I I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I, <laughs> Here's what I know. It's time to go. All right. Goodbye, Kevin. Goodbye, Evan. Goodbye, Barry. Goodbye, Evan. Goodbye, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs>